Well, we are in for a special treat today because you don't have to hear from me today that uh, we have Ocho is in the house and you're going to get to find out a little bit more about him. If you were here Friday night then with our movie night, then you already got to meet him. But he is somebody that God has drastically turned his life around. He's going to share with you his life story. And so Ocho, will you come out here and join us? And so if you guys will give him just a great cross point welcome, love for him to just feel welcomed here. At the end of the service, when you go outside, there's going to be a, a, a product table. He's going to have some books. He's got some DVDs. He's got some photos. He'll be there to autograph anything you want to do. But, but all of that money that gets spent there goes back into him producing Christian movies. He does more than Christian movies, but, but what he, his heart really is is about pouring more into sharing faith through these Christian movies. So uh, also, you can welcome him as Hollywood Ocho because he is actually a professional wrestler, and that is his wrestling name. So, Ocho, glad you're here. So I know you're thinking, well, he's not this big buff guy to be a wrestler. It's intimidation. <laughs> uh, man, it feels good to be here at Crosspoint. Uh, you know when you can feel the Lord, when you feel the Spirit moving, you know you're in the house of God, and I feel it today. Um, so I was trying to, like, not spill. My wife's like, whatever you do, don't spill nothing on yourself because I'm notorious. When you have a beard, it's kind of like a napkin. You know how um, people place their napkin in their shirts? Mine is kind of like that. Like, I'll be walking around talking to people thinking I'm cool, and my wife's like, you got a piece of broccoli in your, in your beard. So here I am trying to drink like this, the coffee, and it dribbles on my shirt. So I, I was avoiding my wife right now because she was going to be like, I told you. Um, how many of you guys know God's a forgiving God? Is that all we get for God? How many of you guys know God is a forgiving God? He just don't forgive you one time. He just doesn't forgive you two times. Three times, it's infinity, right? And all you got to do is what? Ask them into your heart. Ask them for help. You know, I, I preach this all the time. And I, I always say to everybody, I'm like, we have, we, over the, we buy that. You remember that chicken soup book on how to do everything? I'm kind of old, so I, I would, the younger me would say, look online but I, I was once in a time when there was a such thing as a book. And um, it was a chicken soup book, how to do algebra. Chicken soup book, how to do geometry. Chicken soup book, how to put one leg into the right leg of your pants and the left leg of your pants. Oh, that was wrong, too. I did left and right wrong. Um, but we have the chicken book soup of how to fix our lives how to live our lives, how to beat depression, how to beat COVID, how to beat every single thing the devil throws at us, and all we got to do is open up the Bible because it's a living word. You know what a living word means? One day you may read something that means something to you in the book. Next day you may read the same scripture, but it gives you a different message on how to cope with life and how to deal with stuff, right? Amen? Why don't we open the book that has the answer to everything, right? 
So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I don't, they, they told me I have a certain amount of time, but this is the last service. So I feel bad for you guys. Because you guys wanted to wake up a little bit later, you have to deal with this face a few more minutes. Uh, how many of you guys came out Friday to watch John Light? You see how many little hands rose? What were we doing Friday night? John Light is, is, is the PG version of my life story. You know that when you make movies, they do the Disney version, right? That was the Disney version. I'm going to tell you the real life story of how I was changed, what I used to be. And then you will know how powerful God is. You will know that God can change the most blackest of hearts, the most evil person. You know that song where, God, where the devil intended for evil? God will turn it around. Do you believe that? You better believe it because God can fix anybody. He just don't go after a certain group, a certain race, a certain social status. No, God is the father to all of us. Amen? So I was born in Tucson, Arizona. You guys know where Tucson, Arizona is? Let me tell you about the weather in Tucson, Arizona. First of all, I'm going to say I'm a new Texan. We just moved in November. I still don't like the Cowboys. Guys, I'm a Laker fan. I know. Every church I talk to, they're waiting, they're waiting outside with pitchforks. <laughs> I'm a Steeler fan, too, so that's even worse, right? You guys played us in 96. I remember because that's when I used to gamble and I lost a lot of money. Um, I'm a new Texan. Uh, I live in New Braunfels. Uh, you guys know where that is, right? So can you imagine me walking in a store in New Braunfels? I was like, man, they must know I'm an actor because they split the C. That's not the case. Until they find out I'm an actor. Then they're like, oh, Mr. Ocho, Mr. Ocho. It's funny how people change, you know what I mean? But I live in New Braunfels now. I am a Texan. Tucson. Ten months out of the year. It's hot. You guys were like, oh, I have people saying, well, you live in Texas now. It's humid. I take humidity over pass out hot any day. I, I was born in Tucson. I was raised in San Bernardino, California. You guys know where that is? 40, 45 minutes away from L.A. My mom is from East L.A. Um, I grew up without a father. For anyone who grew up without a father, you know how much that hurts. Uh, nowadays in society, they're making it you don't need your father, right? They're making it now where father is not that important. God doesn't say that in the Bible. The father and the mother are very important, right? I didn't have my father in my life. He chose booze, drugs, and women over me and my sister. He chose partying over me and my sister. 
He chose women and other children over his own kids. Now, when you grow up without a dad, and you see other kids at sporting events, at school, at birthday parties, and you're the only one without a dad, it makes you feel pretty bad. I have pictures of my mom took of me and my sister with the curtain pulled aside on the couch, looking out the window for hours, waiting for my dad to come on our birthday. My dad didn't give us Christmas cards, birthday cards, not even a dollar. When my mom finally had to ask for child support, he, he would quit his jobs whenever they would find him. I still had hope my dad would be around, but got laughed at by other kids when my dad wasn't around. Now that builds up a lot of jealousy and a lot of anger. I was angry that this man didn't want nothing to do with his own blood. I was angry that he couldn't even send a Christmas card on Christmas. It built up so much anger in me, I got into fights in school. I bullied other kids because I was going to make them feel just as miserable as me. It was awful. I looked to the next best thing that I thought. Growing up in California, we had a lot of gang issues. So I chose the gang life because I felt they would give me respect. They would show me love. I had a twisted view of love. Even though my grandma and my mom raised me, I still was angry. And yeah, they're gonna show me, they're gonna show you love because they don't wanna be in their own filth, you know? They're gonna drag you along. And um, I joined uh, the Southside Crips. You guys know Crips and Bloods, right? That does exist. Um, I was a Southside Crip. I uh, was the kid that sold drugs in the corner. I was the kid that beat up other people for money because I was fearless. Um, I was a skinny little kid, not anymore. And I would beat up other kids for the money. And so I was respected. I felt, I heard stories of my dad being this big bad guy who would beat up other people, never got his butt kicked. Um, People respected him. I felt if I was just a little bit like him, maybe he'd love me just a little bit. Maybe he'd be at one of my events. Didn't happen. So I joined gangs. I did most of my, my teenage years. I spent in juvie. Uh, my education was not school. Uh, it, was in, it was in juvie. And how many of you guys know that prisons and juvie is not about rehabilitation? You learn how to become a better criminal. And I learned how to become a better criminal. I graduated from juvie and went to, I call it Disneyland or college. You guys know what that is? Nobody? Prison. And when, I, when you go to prison in California, I don't know how it is in Texas, 
They separate you by race. I grew up in a neighborhood where predominantly black people. So all my friends were black people. Didn't know the difference. They were all people to me. When you go to prison, you're separated by Hispanic, by black, by white. Aryan Brotherhood, the Black Gorilla family, and the AME, which is the Mexican Mafia. I graduated from being a Southside Crip to Mexican Mafia. And now, I don't know if you know gang life in prison. You have to do a lot of horrible stuff. And if you don't do it, they threaten your family. Of course, I was this fearless person. They weren't going to hurt my family. I did a lot of horrible, horrible stuff in prison. You can only imagine what I did. Now, these teens nowadays think, oh, it's pretty cool. If I go to prison, I have this badge of honor. If I go to jail, I got this badge of honor. You guys don't know what it's like to be in prison. Prison will swallow you up and eat you alive if you're not strong. I got out of prison, and again, I was a better criminal. It wasn't the, 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 the John Light story where I found God in prison. I came out, and I still did what I did. I was addicted to cocaine, then later heroin, and I got so good I could shoot up in between my toes and in my neck so I wouldn't have any marks on my arms. I used to speedball. You guys know what speedballing is? You mix cocaine with heroin. Your heart doesn't know whether to go up or down because you're mixing a downer and an upper. I had two heart attacks in my early 30s, and I OD'd in the back of an... Actually, I OD'd in someone's house, but my homies put me in the alley because they didn't want to get busted with me dead in the house. So I got to the hospital, and they said, somebody tipped us in, but we don't know how you got... We don't know how, who it was because you were in the back of an alley. So that told me right there, your friends in the world aren't going to be your friends in life. Because when it comes down to them or you, they're always going to choose themselves, right? I try, and, I try and drill that into teens because even my teens will fight me saying, they're my friends, you don't understand. They're going to be there for me forever. I was the most popular guy in high school. I was the most popular guy in the world. But it's because I had something they needed and wanted. And when I didn't have that anymore, I had nobody. Your friends will not be there like your family and God. I try and explain that all the time. So I get out. I was an enforcer. Do you guys know what an enforcer is? When you owe the drug man money, you didn't want me knocking on your door. Because if I was knocking on your door, I was going to find out where your kids went to school, where your wife worked, where your mother worked, where your dad worked, your brothers and your sister. Because if you didn't pay me, I was going to harm them. Or take a finger. Because that's what I was known for. 
I was going to hurt you if you didn't pay. Now, a lot of people, when they do testimonies, will say, when I was doing what I did, I felt remorse and pity. When I did what I did, I loved it. I loved the fear in people's eyes. I loved when I put a gun to someone's head and they begged for mercy, I'd laugh when they'd be crying. Now I feel bad about it. But back then, it was just how I did things. It was life. The old me should be dead or locked up for the rest of his life. But how many know God's a forgiving God? How many know that God will forgive you no matter what you've done? We'll get on to that right now. So I did this for many years, and that's how I functioned. I was a womanizer. I never could be in a relationship more than doing the deed, and that was it. I get tired of them. They were in my way. I never wanted to deal with that. Um, now, I'm not the best looking guy. <laughs> but I can talk. Then I had stuff they wanted. Now, when I say I'm not the best looking guy, that's when you're supposed to be like, no, Ocho. <laughs> you're kind of cute. Just... Wash off the tattoos. I had somebody ask me in a movie set, are those real? Oh, no, I just paint them on the same way every day when I wake up. <laughs> Three hours, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, when you're living that life, you get tired of it. A lot of people wanted to be in the position I was in because I had a position of power. But you get tired of it. It's like Groundhog Day. Over and over and over again. I didn't want to live that life anymore. But how many of you guys know, this may be a secret. God's a funny God. He's a very funny God. He has jokes, let me tell you. So one day, first I got to say, I'm ashamed to say, the monster I hated so much, my father, I became that monster. I had a son, my oldest son, and I chose drinking, drugs, and women over taking care of my son. My mom and my sister raised my first son. All that time, I built up all that hate. I did the same thing to my son. It's kind of sorry how the cycle goes, huh? One day, he's, it's a rodeo event. You guys have rodeos here? <laughs> yeah, I know. In Arizona, we have those malnutrition cows, little donkeys. You guys have the real rodeos. Um, we had a rodeo event. Like this rodeo is so big in Tucson that we have two days off of school for it. Um, anyways, he asks me, I want you to come to a rodeo event. And so I was like, you know what? 
well, normally I'd make up an excuse of why I couldn't go. I decided I'm going to go. Now, I go inside. All his friends are afraid of me. And um, he sees his little friend, Mariah. And he's like, oh, Dad, there's my little friend, Mariah. Say hi, say hi, whatever. I wasn't looking at Mariah. I was looking at Mariah's mother. Most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And see, I'm used to getting what I wanted. I was like, she's going to be mine. In my head, I wasn't telling my son. She's going to be mine. And this woman did something that no other woman has ever done to me in my life. I got dissed. I got dissed hard. I'm not used to that. I'm like, what is going on here? Makes me want her even more. So some people call it stalking. I call it persistence. I joined every single PTA meeting. Boy Scouts, I was signing up to be the leader. Coffee with the principal. I was the first one sitting there. They probably were like, this guy is, is staking out the place. He wants to rob us. But I made sure to be every single place this woman was because for the first time in my life, I wanted to try for something else that wasn't drugs, partying, or hurting people. And one day she caved in. We knew that was coming. We went on a date. Now us guys, we think we're pretty slick, right? Women are smarter. I thought if I left my shoes at her house, if I left this at her house, it's a reason to come back. Oh, I left my shoes at your house. Oh, the TV is going on. Let's watch the show. I made every excuse to, to be there. And we started dating. This is where it comes in where I was saying God is a funny God. Because it ends up She's a minister's daughter. I'm not a church person. She tells me, if you want to be in a relationship, we got to have God in the middle. You got to go to church. So I went kicking and screaming. And how many of you guys know I don't know whether it's in the Bible handbook or church handbook. When the scary tattooed guy comes to church, tell all the ushers to bring him to the front. Because we got to save this guy's soul immediately. The bad thing is, when you're sitting in the front, you can't go to sleep. Even nodding off is bad. You can't be on your phone. I went to the bathroom seven, eight times. And after that, I was like, they're going to think something's wrong with my bells. But I heard a message. I heard a message I had never heard in my life. Oh, yeah, I heard it here and there. 
but in depth. Of a God who shed his blood and died on the cross for not just you, you, and you, but for everybody. For the convict, for the murderer, for the homeless man, for the black man, for the Hispanic man, for the white man. He died for everybody. And he considers us all his children, no matter what we've done. Now, that was the greatest love story I ever heard. Because a love story before a man, between a man and a woman, that's great. But a God who would die for us before we were even born, that's a little greater. Amen? I heard that story, and it made me think. I wanted to be a family man. I wanted to raise my wife's kids, my son better, be a, a husband. And I gave up drugs. I gave up heroin, cold turkey. You don't do that. I almost died. It was coming out both ends, cold shakes. I felt like death. I gave up smoking cigarettes. I gave up alcohol. I was a go-to-bed drinking Jack Daniels guy, wake up drinking Jack Daniels guy. I have stage two cirrhosis of the liver, but God's gonna heal that. I gave it all up. A light switch went off like that. <laughs> I wanted to change. I didn't want to be that same person anymore. I wanted to hear more about a God that can change anybody. And I kept going to church. I kept, I kept going to every single thing. Just like that PTA stuff, I was joining small Bible groups. I was going to men's Bible study. I was going two times on Sunday, one time midweek service. Because I couldn't get enough of how God was so good. Because I didn't know good in my life. I had that twisted view of love. And then something funny happened. After going and going to be a faithful church member, my pastor comes to me and says, I want to put you in seminary classes. Because who better to preach to the world than someone who's come from it? So guess what, guys? It's just not Ocho. It's Pastor Ocho. Now, you ain't going to see me in a tie and a suit, because that's just not me. Yes, I'm going to wear baggy pants, and I noticed that in Texas, that, that's not, that doesn't happen here. My kids were in shock, because my kids dress like me with a saggy shorts and pants. They went to New Braunfels High School, and they're like, Dad, the boys wear shorter shorts than the girls. What do we do? <laughs> do we do that? I was like, you better not do that. <laughs> you better represent that Ocho name. <laughs> Sorry, though. I'm laughing at my own jokes. So I become a minister, 
Now I go inside prisons. I tell prisoners, if I can change the darkest of dark people, people that did more than hurt people, if I can change, you can change. If God can light a spark in me, he can light a spark in you. You're never too far gone. And, man, that felt, it feels good to do that. It feels good to go to churches I would never go to. Ocho in West Virginia. Ocho in the woods of Kentucky. Ocho in New Braunfels. But it feels good. And then when you know when you're doing good with God, you get blessed, right? I it was a former boxer, former martial artist. I know it doesn't show now. I told him in John Light, the movie Friday, that I had two tattoos that used to go like this and now go like this. <laughs> I have a big Hulk tattoo because my kids wanted me to get a Marvel character on my stomach. Hulk now looks like a big green Buddha. One day he'll be back in shape. But they asked me to be a fight choreographer in a small, low-budget movie. And it moves from there. They see how I act. They see that um, I'm intense on film. I got made the lead villain. And then movie after movie, I got asked by Randy Hauser, the country western singer, to be in one of his music videos, the We Went video, as the main villain. And then I started working with big names like Tom Sizemore, Dean Kane, and other big names, so many that I can't even remember. That's how good God is. He'll take someone that came from where he came from, and now I'm a movie star. I've been in 150 movies and TV shows. Uh, I'm a pro wrestler. Hollywood, Ocho. So I'm kind of like Eddie Guerrero, cheat to win. And then I pray about it and repent. <laughs> but even there, God's put me in a place like that where there's drinking and drugs backstage to be a light in the world. I've had wrestlers come to me and ask how to accept God and pray for me. So God always has a plan and a direction for your life. Sometimes we question it, but God knows the right way and what we're supposed to be doing. I feel like I'm ignoring this side of the audience. So now I do movies, I do pro wrestling. More importantly, I'm in the ministry. I travel all over the United States and I give my testimony. I preach. I preach to people I never would have thought I'd be preaching to. My mom passed away last year in September of COVID. She was only 63. I was very, very upset about it. Very upset, because that was the only parent I knew. And my wife reminded me, it made me get actually happy. She reminded me that my mom, because my mom prayed for me every single day. She was a believer, and she prayed even when I was the worst of the worst, and people said, Ocho has no hope. He belongs in prison for the rest of his life. She prayed for me every single day. 
my wife reminded me that my mom got to live to see her prayers answered. My mom got to see her son on stages and behind screens, on TV, preaching about God. Her prayers were answered. So sometimes when we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're like, God isn't answering, remember it's not in your time or your understanding. It's in God's time. And sometimes the things we pray for may not be the things that are right for us. But God knows. Don't give up praying. Don't give up faith. Because I'll tell you, even when you do offerings, don't be like, oh, it's just money. God don't need your money. He has all the money in the world. He could bless a church like that. But he's asking for your offering in faith. In faith that you're giving what you're giving. But you know that God is going to have you and, and have your bills, have your back, have your sicknesses, fix your marriages, fix your relationships with your children. We always do stuff in faith. I go to every church in faith. Faith that I'm going to touch one person. Because it doesn't matter if there's two people I'm speaking to or thousands. If one person is touched, it says the angels rejoice. 99 sheep. And God will go after that lost. The prodigal son. You guys heard that story? He hadn't even turned the corner yet. And the father saw him before and ran out to greet him. The Father's God. He's ready to restore us to where we belong. His children at the table of the King. He's waiting for us. And nothing we've done, no sin we've committed is too great. Look at Paul. Killer of Christians a killer of Christians, and he restored him. Spread the gospel of God all over the world. And I know there's a few seconds left. I'm going to go to 1 Timothy 1.15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. When God says something, it's trustworthy, right? Because God don't lie. God don't fib. He don't talk just to talk. So it's trustworthy that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. No matter what you've done. Now we may sit here today and say it's a pretty cool message. They brought in the tattooed guy. He talked about what God's done in his life. But how does this pertain to me? I'm not a drug addict. I'm not homeless. I don't go in gangs. I wear short shorts, but I don't. 
because we all know somebody who is. We sweep it under the rug. We don't talk about it. But maybe a son or a daughter, a cousin, a friend, a co-worker, someone in your family is on drugs. Someone in your family is homeless. Someone in your family is in gangs or prison. But we all know somebody, right? What did my mom do every single day? Pray. I want you to raise your hand if you know somebody. Almost everybody, right? Put your hands out. We're going to pray for them. Because prayer works, right? Heavenly Father, Lord, we come together in acceptance to pray for those that are lost, to pray for those, Lord Jesus, that have no hope. To pray for those, Lord Jesus, that society see, tells us they're unforgivable. They're not worthy. They deserve to be locked away. God forgives everybody, and we believe that, Jesus. Fill their hearts with your grace, your forgiveness, and mercy, Lord. Show them they're loved. Show them they're a child of the King. We believe this. We accept it. We declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Next time you see that homeless person on the street, next time you see that scary guy in the street, I know it's cliche to say, what would Jesus do? But what would he do? Sometimes we make church a social thing, a social club. It's four walls. It's what you do outside, too, of the church. Be an example. Because we're supposed to be mirrors of God. When people see us outside the church, what are they supposed to say? What is it in that person What is it in that person that makes them so giving, so loving? What is it because we want it? I'm not saying church, don't come to church because we need church. You need your pastors. You need leadership. You need other believers. But be an example outside the church as well. I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to give to that guy. He's just going to go get a drink. Give him, I give him now money. I don't care what they do with it. I also tell him Jesus loves them. I invite them to church and tell them they're loved, and I give them a big hug. Because we're all his children. We're all deserving of forgiveness. We're all deserving of his love. I'm a big teddy bear now. Bigger than most. That's how powerful my God is. That's how powerful your God is. He will change a life. He will change a soul. He will do what no one else can do. Doctors, physicists, scientists. He can fix anything.
Amen. Thank you guys for having me. Watch John Light. Story of my life. I have other faith-based movies, but watch John Light. All right? You guys are awesome. Keep coming to church. Be a mirror of God outside of church. God bless you all.